Hello, this is Cedric Dawkins. Let me introduce today's guest. Christina Dawkins is founder of the consultancy A for Abolitionist, which is focused on advancing human rights and addresses issues such as punitive incarceration in private prisons and human trafficking and violence against women. She's done workshops and invited lectures for the Harvard Graduate School of Education and the Oxford Consortium for Human Rights, among others. She serves as adjunct lecturer at the Brown University Center for Public Humanities. Christina holds an MA in Human Rights Studies from Columbia University and a BA in Communication from Northwestern University. Christina, welcome to Episodes in Ethics. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me, Dad. I don't think that a lot of us have really thought about modern slavery very much. The term is out there and sometimes we think we know what it is and we don't. Uh, explain for us the difference between modern slavery and old time transatlantic slavery that we're so familiar with. Sure. Um, so the old time transatlantic slavery is called chattel slavery. And that's slavery based on a condition or a status. Um, in the United States, um, transatlantic slavery, the status was being black. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, that's what defined it. Modern day slavery includes other forms that, that take on the condition of ownership is how the UN defines it. So modern day slavery takes on four main forms. The first is human trafficking that incorporates sex trafficking, uh, labor trafficking, sex labor trafficking, which is the two combined mm -hmm. um, cell organs, since it's, you know, human body parts, it counts as, as human trafficking. I focus on, on sex trafficking in, in my work. Uh, so that's one form, punitive incarceration um, in the United States, the 13th Amendment abolished slavery except as punishment for a crime. So in the United States, chattel slavery um, ended and punitive incarceration replaced it. The last form that I, I won't talk too much about is um, forced marriage. Uh, the reason why I don't focus on it is because this is not a huge problem in the United States. Uh, but if you remember uh, the Bring Back Our Girls campaign mm -hmm. a few years ago, Boko Haram. Yes. 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 So they were kid, the, the girls were taken and forced and forced into marriages. Um, there are two different kinds of wives. Some are chosen wives and then some are purchased wives. And the purchased wives basically serve as indentured servants and are sexually exploited. Mm -hmm. I'd like to get to labor trafficking, but if, if you would, why don't we spend a moment and just speak a little bit about private prisons. There were major industries, Coca-Cola, Pepsi. Um, there were always, there's always campaigns for divesting from private prisons. And it's been so entangled in the United States for decades. Just this past September, the student government of Loyola University of Chicago called on the Office of the Senior Vice President for Finance and Business Operations to commit to breaking ties with Aramac as soon as possible. 
and to divest from food providers who are invested in the prison industrial complex. This is the statement that they've given. Why has this become such a big deal? There's an ethical question about profiting off of someone's captivity. And mm -hmm. so the corporations are, are just getting more specialized, like JPay, um, who is the leading um, prison contractor for, for calls, you know, charging 10 cents a minute or mm -hmm. 25 cents a minute for, for video calls, um, things like that. So there are specialized companies who do this work. Corporations have to have to make a stand not to profit. Or, or conceivably, they, they could provide their services, but not at a, a, a price that's exploitative, given that those who are purchasing their, their product don't have a lot of options. Are there, yeah. are there any examples of, of uh, corporations that do a good job in terms of providing services to private Absolutely. prisons? Um, there's a, a startup um, that came out of, that I recently heard of, I think it came out of Yale like a student startup to mm -hmm. provide, um, it's a nonprofit to provide calls, um, call services. Uh, so this is, you know, an alternative to JPay, which is exploitative and expensive. And now mm -hmm. there's a nonprofit alternative um, so that folks who are incarcerated can still communicate with their, their families, their loved ones. Mm -hmm. Yes, the name of that firm was Emilio. I remember correctly. What about the the other areas of modern slavery? On an international basis, who are the drivers and the benefactors of uh, modern slavery? So there is this statistic by Al Jazeera that I, I really like because they incorporate all forms of modern day slavery and that is 45.8 million people in the world. Um, and so it's across 167 countries. Um, and that includes human trafficking, punitive incarceration, immigrant detention, and forced marriage. Mm -hmm. um, so that's the, that's the number. Um, and it is, I think, well, during the transatlantic slave trade, it was a quarter of that at the height Mm -hmm. uh, so modern day slavery has been on the rise for the past 10 years. A lot of that is due to human trafficking and the increasing number of displaced persons. Um, so human trafficking is exacerbated along with immigrant detention around the world. Um, and of course, um, as global crises rise, uh, the number of human people who are displaced and become trafficked or detained goes up. And so the pandemic is exacerbating every risk factor. Every country in the world um, has a, a problem with modern day slavery in some form. People who are uh, moving between countries are presumably doing so looking for work. Mm -hmm. Or safety. Work or safety. Yeah. When when they're looking for work, what types of employment are they finding? Well, I think when when I, when I see labor trafficking happening, 
a lot of it is for um, food and textiles and um, mm -hmm. a lot of service providers. Um, the and you know there there are folks that are typically untrained that don't have a high education level and mm -hmm. um, that don't have a lot of money when you're when you're fleeing from situations of violence or from unstable political climates um, a lot of folks are going to not have a lot of money and uh, getting to other countries costs a lot of money as well if people were working in let's just say textiles mm -hmm. and providing a product was going to be sold in the west and they're doing so for very low wages does that constitute modern slavery or is that the wrong way to look at it so slavery it involves coercion and uh, often captivity uh, people who are victims of labor trafficking are usually in a situation where they are forced to continue working for no money or just enough money to live off of to pay off a smuggler or to you know pay off all of these debts for someone who's supposedly getting them citizenship papers and so there's a coercive aspect and uh, a way that they are not only being exploited but being held captive to a trafficker incredibly low wages you know non-living wages are, are human rights issues but they technically are separate from trafficking for example, I've read of migrant workers who would leave a country and go to some other place, like Qatar, for example, where they would live in squalid quarters, have their passports held, and have a portion of their wages held back so that they can't simply leave. This seems like it has a co coercive aspect to it. I'm wondering about the responsibility of those who contract labor in these types of environments. If it's not modern slavery, then it's unethical, but it seems that it has a certain coercive aspect to it because of the, the passport and the withholding of Yeah. No, what, what you just <laughs> described is labor trafficking. That, that definitely okay. fits the definition. Um, it, hits, it hits multiple, checks multiple boxes. So. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. To get a job, you should not have to hand over your passport. You should like this is this is not okay. So yeah, um, certainly, and that's that's exactly what modern slavery looks like. It doesn't. It's not so much. Although there are people who are literally chained in in basements, but it's it's less um, chains and working in a field and more of these coercive aspects where you are held captive to someone and cannot leave of your own free will. That's not employment. Yes. Yeah, so then the expectation for corporations that deal with these labor providers in their supply chain would be to disabuse themselves. Yeah, I think the, the responsibility for corporations is transparency. They need to know this. And I think the, the sort of we didn't know is unacceptable. There are just too many ways to be informed. It's not for the supply chains to report back and say everything's cool. It's for the the corporations to say this is our business. We want to make sure it's done ethically. 
so yeah i i you know hear hear that a lot and i think the the biggest the biggest obstacle is to sort of not accept this um the sort of cry for ignorance that doesn't that doesn't work for individuals right in your work how informed is a general public about labor traffic whenever i talk about the the scale um there are always shocked looks and even disbelief human trafficking is a 150 billion dollar industry that's how profitable the human trafficking industry is um i think most people have no idea that this is that the scale of the problem and they right. think it's a problem that's somewhere else it's not here in the united states but the us is one of the world leaders in in human trafficking what role then businesses business leaders play in terms of fair and ethical supply chains who's doing a good job who's doing a poor job um well we've talked a little bit about multi-stakeholder initiatives before and i think those are good ways to go we just need to sort of change change our view and start to see uh see modern day slavery in everyday life and i think that is knowing where our products are coming from and uh, holding people accountable for it. Sure. Um, I asked you before if you would define modern slavery and you gave me four different uh, renditions of modern slavery. Mm -hmm. Would you mind doing that again? Sure. Um, so human trafficking, um, incarceration, immigrant detention, and forced marriage. In the labor trafficking, it's what's most significant for um, my students as future business leaders, business people <laughs> that you probably don't interact with very, very often in your work. Okay. What message would you give to them? Well, I would say that, yeah, forced, um, forced labor, labor trafficking is a major driver, but it's given the magnitude that you know, almost forty-six million million people are living under modern-day slavery. It doesn't matter what industry you're in, you know, hospitals, retailers, schools, investors. The trucking industry um, has an active role in combating human trafficking. All every single industry is tied to modern-day slavery in some way. So, what I would tell a captive audience of of people going into corporations or businesses, I would just quote Desmond Tutu. It's one of my favorite quotes of his. And he said, if you are neutral in situations of injustice, you have chosen the side of the oppressor mm -hmm. because every industry touches it. There's a saying about truck drivers. They've organized and taken it upon themselves to learn about how to recognize signs for sex trafficking because they always stay at motels, which are sites or where a lot of sex trafficking happens. And so they've trained themselves to recognize it and will call it in. And that was just, you know, something that that truck drivers have done in unions um, and have made it part of part of what they do. So whatever industry you're going into, you can be part of the solution. I like hearing something good about labor unions. Yes. <laughs> a labor union advocate. And you don't often hear about labor unions and the, and the truckers and the Teamsters as being at the forefront of a moral and ethical issue like this. Very, Absolutely. 
very interesting and very good, uh, yeah. very good example. Uh, Christina, thank you very much for uh, stopping in and visiting with us. My pleasure. Nice to talk to you, <laughs> as always. <laughs> All right. Bye. Bye. Thank you.